Hey, Mecca. Hey, Streety. Hey, Nugget. Howdy, boys. How are we, hello lads? to two special guests tonight, all the way from the Northern Territory. We're joined by a few special guests from the North, Jake and Amy. Welcome along to Sports and Spit, episode 45, guys. Thanks for yeah. having us. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, thanks for giving us the invite. Pleasure to be here. Uh, absolutely. It's our pleasure to tell your story. So from here, guys, I want to introduce what type of content we've got tonight. It's going to be a bit of a, an emotional one for us because the boys and I got together last week and discussed what what type of stories we wanted to tell on the podcast. And, and predominantly one of the things we came up with was the impact of COVID-19 on our beloved pastime of sports. So we went away and did some thinking and we tried to come up with some of the best stories for you. And the one that we've got for you tonight is a real cracker. This one speaks to the community spirit of sport and what it gives all of us in our life. It's a story of the Litchfield Bears. The Litchfield Bears are a rugby league club located in Darwin with over 510 players and support staff registered with the NRL. The Litchfield Bears were established in 1990 and every year they enter teams in every grade from under six all the way through to senior men, youth, girls and women's competitions. Given that they started in 1990, this year was going to be their 30th year, but we all know what happened to that. In March, with the impact of COVID-19, the club and everyone that was involved were forced to close the doors and go home for nine weeks. And with only three weeks' notice, once restrictions eased, they were told that they would be starting their competition. Not exactly the best story, but one that these guys will tell you they made the best of. And that's the reason we want to tell it to you tonight. This weekend coming, the Litchfield Bears will have five teams, I believe, in the grand final. Now, that ranges all the way through the junior grades up to the A-grade men. And we want to give these guys an opportunity to tell you tonight what this year has meant to them, both as a club and as members of their community, as they fought with everybody else that's involved with their great organisation to save their season. The 30th year of the Litchfield Bears could quite easily have been their last. With the shutdown of COVID-19, the income for the club dried up significantly and they weren't sure if they were going to make it through. But this is a story of community spirit and triumph that we at Sports and Spit are very proud to tell you. So, Jake, Amy, congratulations, guys. What has it been like in 2020 for you guys as the Litchfield Bears? I'll be a gentleman and I'll let Amy go first on that <laughs> one. She can kick us off. So, so Amy, think, yeah. Amy, why don't you tell us first what your role at the club is and, and what your involvement has been over the last couple of years? So um, my involvement over the last couple of years started uh, returning from an overseas assignment, relocating back to Darwin, which we call home. Started with our our youngest boy, also Jake, um, just so keen to play. So enrolled him and I guess over the years, you know, our eldest son, we dragged him away from the cricket field and he started playing as well. So he's, he's the age group above Jake. Um, and then, you know, for me, I kind of sat, honestly sat on the sidelines and watched how it all evolved and, and how the club came apart. And I, I just wanted to give what I could to be a part of the community. And, and to be honest, you know, put my hand up middle of last year, last season kind of thing, because I wanted, you know, Maka, I grew up in sport. My husband grew up in sport. I know how important it is for not only, you know, your mental health, but also your physical health and, and your social life. You know, you make friends. I've still got lifetime friends that I competed with when I was 12. So for me, now that's a long time. Um, you <laughs> long know, time for I all of us, Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that not only my kids, but everyone in, in our rural community, we are 30 k's from Darwin, also had somewhere to go. So that was a big driving factor for me to, to make sure that I could give my little bit to, to help keep that going on. And, and I think going into our 30th year after two premierships in our A grade and so much success in our junior league and representative players, for me, that was that was one of the biggest driving factors. And I, I've loved every minute, to be honest. It's been a huge challenge, a, a challenge I didn't expect to face coming onto the committee. Um, but, yeah, we, we've... 
you know, we'll talk about it soon, but we've come out, come out the other end and it's super positive and I've, I've loved every minute. Yeah, cool. And, Jake, you are obviously the coach, coach of the A-grade team at the Litchfield Bears and you guys are lining up in the grand final this weekend. Um, how, how has that been, mate, getting this team to the point that you're at now where you're preparing for the biggest game of the year? Yeah, it's obviously been a bit of a bit of a funny old season. Um, we're coming off winning the last two uh, premierships in a row, so it was um, boys were pretty gutted that they had to do two pre-seasons this year. So <laughs> we had like yeah, year before COVID pre-season and then a bit of a three-week pre-season after COVID. Um, but yeah, she was pretty challenging. Like there was a bit there where a lot of the boys were just yeah, they weren't keen. Um, you know, they busted busted their guts for eight weeks there getting some running in and then they're told, you know, there's probably not going to be a season. Um, so that interest dropped right off and then to try to get them back in to, to then tell them, you know, you've got three weeks to wear out on the paddock again. Um, and, you know, none of the boys are, no one's paid at our club. Um, everyone works and footy, they play footy because they love footy and they love playing with their mates. Um, so, to, yeah, to go from there to then um, getting the season happening and having a couple, we had two losses this year in the 10 games, which isn't too bad. Um, but then, yeah, got through the first semi there and preparing for our, our third, well, preparing for the three-peat this weekend. So, yeah, things, yeah have nice. out, things have turned out pretty good in the end, but it was pretty touch and go there for a while. So, Yeah, good. So, Amy, can you just give us and our listeners just a little bit of context on the location of the Litchfield Bears and what a normal season is usually like in terms of where the games are held and, and, and so we can compare it a little bit with what your year's been like this year, if that's okay. Sure. I think, um, you know, a normal season for us starts pretty much before Easter. We play through our dry season, which is usually our our coolest time. Um, Not that it's cool at the moment, but, (laughs) you know, we see, we've seen the introduction this year of a a head, a home ground for Northern Territory Rugby League, which is called TRL. It's a a brand new stadium, a stadium, a purpose bit built facility which did see a lot of our home games and our revenue raising opportunity taken away from us but I think we maximize that and our our home games is always are a huge event and a huge draw crowd for the community like I said before we're 30 k's from from the heart of Darwin Uh, there are some other home grounds that happen not far from us but for us to get in get in and get to all these games you know we're packing up in the morning you know often before school time that we would normally leave during the week and and we're spending the whole day in there you know it's a it's a huge day for families and and for our rural community we really get in and get behind all the teams this year's been that little bit harder with COVID and and the social distancing and and the measures we had to bring in place particularly for training we train twice a week at our home ground Um, you know our clubhouse is you know, it was built by our founding members 30 years ago and we're still using it today, which is amazing, you know. Uh, we had to bring in with our with our volunteers who are a part of the committee but also the coaching committee brought in, you know, we came up with a COVID-19 return to training plan which involved, you know, activities that were non-contact. You know, we had awesome donations of, of local businesses which, you know, put in water filling stations for drink bottles so everyone could bring their own drink bottles so we were reducing that exposure um, and, to see we separated the times of training, so reduced that exposure and only one parent to attend, which is really hard because it's such a family environment where everyone comes down and, and all the kids run around, not just the players. So so that was challenging. And so for, for you guys, Jake, um, a little bit of insight for the listeners in terms of you said before all your, all your players kind of basically aren't paid and they all play mm-hmm. for the love of the game. Where do they come from, mate? Are, those, are they guys that are usually local or have you got guys that have relocated to Darwin, not necessarily to play, but for work and, and kind of sign up? Is that is that kind of how it all works for you? Yeah, um, most of most of our players through the seniors um, at the moment, a lot of them are juniors. Um, like I started at the club when I was five and played my whole way through into senior footy and that, and there's still, like there's blokes that I played under sixes with who I'm coaching now in the senior team, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, yeah, that's you, get, cool. you don't, you don't really get too much movement from club to club up here. Like everyone's pretty loyal. Um, mm. So you don't get too much of that. You got a few odd blokes that come up for work, um, come looking for Darwin for something different. Like they might like a bit of hunting and fishing and that sort of stuff. So they move up here. 
Uh, we got a bit like cut. us three, really. Like we're mad. <laughs> like Streeties. <laughs> Street, he's a mad hunter. He's really good. Yeah. What's he? What do you go hunting? Oh, mate. I'm <laughs> hunting food from the cupboard most of the time. Donuts. Yeah. Donuts. You, you, you'll fit in well with the prop gang up here, mate. Yeah. Well, the, the, the only hunting I do is I follow some bow hunters on Instagram and that, I kind of live. Live, live through there. Fun things they they get up to. It's a it's yeah. a longer story. We don't have time to get into it, but he's actually hunting his neighbour at the moment over a retaining <laughs> wall that's collapsed. So, oh, mate, so it's no big. Good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so sorry, mate. Carry on. So yeah. the team. So basically, the team here. From my impression, guys, what we've obviously got is this is a real community club and one that's been built over a number of years. So, your thirty years of existence, like you were saying, kind of Amy. Um, it is a circumstance where people, this is a part of people's lives. It's not just a part of something that they've kind of signed up for to do, to have a hobby. This is basically part of their, their history and their life and, 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 and all of their life, right? Oh, it, it becomes, almost becomes your life. You know, people wear our apparel with, with pride and, and they wear it all, all season or all year and can't get enough of it. And they, they wait and they wait and they wait for registrations to open and they, they can't wait to get to the field. You know, kids catch a school bus to the, to the shopping centre across the road and, and they're there an hour and a half before training, just warming up and helping out around the club and, and doing what right. they yeah, you're right. It, the community spirit and it becoming a part of your life, and and we're seeing now, you know, ex players, Jake's brother, you know, his <laughs> kids are there, and you know, they all they all join in, and you might start have, to see that really flow through. Yeah, yeah not yours. It, it might have just popped out a second one today, actually, on the <gasps> download. No, oh, like, no Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. So my brother's affectionately known as Big Sexy. Um, oh, yeah. He's not very he's not very sexy, but he's quite big. <laughs> Um, oh, you wouldn't believe that. That's nuts. That's the nickname that his wife's got for him. That's amazing. What a coincidence. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. I've heard her whisper that a couple of times. That's crazy. Wow. Well, well you know, we haven't been known for, for, for breaking news, but uh, I think wow. we just broke some news. There you go. Yeah. Well, welcome to the world. Boy or girl, mate? A uh, little girl. She currently doesn't oh, have a name. She popped out three weeks early, so she three really weeks. wanted to get into the grand final this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, yeah. Should, should, should we should we name her here, or do you think? I've done bears. worse things in my time. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, I'm going to start the votes. Little big sexy. I don't know how it's going to go over with the mum, but let's roll with that first. Let's go with that. <laughs> uh, Mate, oh, uh, wow. there's a future future captain of the women's team there, I would suggest. That's fantastic. So. Oh, she's got competition with her big sister, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Probably Jake and Amy can answer this one, um, this particular question. Probably No one else here, so I'm not sure who, who you'd think would answer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In a couple of parts. But just, um, if you, just if you guys can give us a bit of an insight into the rugby league scene in general in the Northern Territory, um, you know, it's it been so far removed from New South Wales, and you know, most of us would down here would probably think that, you know, uh, or it might even be the case that AFL probably has a stronghold of popularity up there. But uh, rugby league um, in, in the NT um, obviously is popular. So, what's the scene there like? And it's obviously popular enough that it has hosted NRL grade games in the last few years. Um, with you know, I think the Raiders and Parramatta have taken games up there. Um, in, in years past, but uh, yeah, just gives an insight into the popularity of league and um, you know what, why it is such. I'd, I'd say it's fairly popular. Like you're not wrong when you say it's probably come second to, to AFL. Like it's a, it's pretty massive up here. But I mean, AFL and, and rugby operate in opposite sort of seasons. So the footy goes on in the in the wet season, um, and then rugby leagues in the dry. So we're probably the the dominant um, sport in the dry season. Um, but we've got a six six team senior comp, so which isn't too bad considering we're we're probably only fairly sort of small small town. We used to have Catherine in the senior comp as well. They're about three hundred k's um, down the highway. It's so they that, yeah, it used to used to get one Catherine trip a year, and that was uh, that was plenty plenty enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and then like obviously juniors. We, the competition ranges from under sixes all the way through to under 18s. Um, we brought a girls under 17s in um, a couple of years ago, and then there's now girls under 15s. Women's picked up 
probably about seven or eight years ago, I reckon now. Um, so it's still getting bigger. Um, yeah, like it's definitely, definitely got its place up here. Um, and like you said, we get the NRL games. We had a World Cup game. Um, to oh, yeah. Whenever the last World Cup was, I think it was Tonga. Might have been Tonga yeah. in Australia or Samoa in Australia. I don't know. It was one of them. I was there in the crowd watching, but didn't pay too much attention. <laughs> Can't remember. <laughs> yeah. A few too many um, King Browns, eh? Yeah, something, <laughs> like, something like that. Too many paper bags. Yeah. So... Given what the club and, and obviously its presence means to all of its members and obviously the community, can you and either of you take us through what it was like at that time that you got the news that it's over and we may not get a season going here? What 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 actually happened and, and how did that feel? I think there was a lot of confusion. Um, I think Darwin was a bit segregated from the whole first initial outbreak. We had we had no real cases compared to anyone else, and that the only cases were that were in Darwin were actually coming into Darwin via mm. air transport. So for us, it was a bit different, and a, you know we weren't really sure, and the government really wasn't sure on on what we should be doing. But we followed followed the instructions, and I think that's what was hard for for our community. That you know Darwin was still sort of continuing in its normal operations because of the limited cases, and that the cases were coming weren't through community transmission. So we had a lot of sad, confused parents, um, and more so kids who just love playing footy. You know we've got. From our under sixes to our under tens, we've got three teams in in every age group. So there's a lot of kids that love running around. Um, so that was really hard to try and entertain them, and and for the parents as well, that mental well being of being in that space and seeing their kids being happy and running around was really quite challenging. So. You know, yeah. we spent a lot of time thinking about how we were going to handle the situation, a lot of consultation, um, you know, a lot of Zoom meetings with government officials working out how we could manage it and how we could bring it back um, based on the numbers we hold. And, and considering where we are in outdoor space, um, you know, we looked at, you know, how we could stagger the times and how many people were coming and watching with the kids and, and the training groups and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it was it was really hard to see. And and even as a parent myself with two teenage boys, to not let take them up to footy and let them run around for two hours was, was challenging. And where's the Northern Territory at now in terms of their uh, COVID um, situation? Yeah, I, I think we're actually completely COVID-free and have been for more than sort of 35 days, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty much, as per as per norm, there's still a few things out there and a few businesses and certain things that are happening with restrictions and distancing and that, but most of it's pretty well, yeah, as per norm, back to back to before it all kind of went went bad, I guess. Yeah, and, Jake, how did, how did you find it in the schools for the, for the kids? <laughs> oh mate um so for reference sake for everybody listening jake's a Sorry. jake in his jake is in his employment is a is a school teacher um an outdoor health and pe teacher right so yeah. give us a bit of insight into that mate what, are we, what what was it like living through that um yeah she was pretty challenging like um i don't know i teach like year nines tens elevens and twelves and if you've ever try to tell 15 year old boys that they have to stay a meter and a half away from each other <laughs> Um, mate and if you yeah. know, everyone's got to keep their distance and you've got 30 kids but they can all sit next to each other in a classroom um, <laughs> and they can't play sport on the weekend but they can shoot a basketball at school together and still do PE together um, yeah she was it was real different like we we had to shut down all our school camps and that so couldn't take any any kids out we couldn't mm. go on any excursions we couldn't have any um, like external workers come in or do any presentations or any of that. So I think it was the first time in my 10-year teaching career I'd done 100 days straight, two terms at school, and, geez, I realised how much I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I just you realised how out. much you signed up for the holidays, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, normally I've got to camp every couple of weeks and I'm out and I'm going through the bush or just yeah. taking kids out to the wave pool or doing a bronze medallion course or... And there was just none of that to break it up. And by the end of the term, the kids were just all going pretty crazy as well. Like they needed, they need that outlet as well because they obviously didn't have any sports going on outside of school. Like all the gyms were closed for a bit as well. So she was, she was pretty hard there going for a bit, but thankfully it all sorted itself out. 
And for you guys as a club, during because obviously down here with the rate of community transfer that there has been, people going back to community sport or, or any type of movement throughout the community, there's a fair bit of anxiety, right? Was there ever any anxiety from your players or the people within your club that maybe this isn't the right thing to be doing, maybe we shouldn't be playing? Did you ever have trouble getting people to sign back up, Jake, and come back for that second preseason? Other than the blokes like Nugget and I who probably don't love running. <laughs> So. Uh, I was going to I was going to ask that question. How did we mention front rowers and so on before? How did you pull them out of the Maccas to say right over back to preseason boys? By the way, we got three weeks. We're, we're we're pretty lucky where we um where we train. There's a hungry jacks at KFC and a McDonald's like all in the one little little complex. They're all together. there anyway. So, so it's nice. pretty easy to just pick them up on the way. Um, <laughs> jump on in, fellas. I got a bit of a family wagon there. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, I the think, family wagon. Yeah, slash soccer mum's car. Um, exactly yeah. the same as mine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it it definitely took a little bit. Like there was even from my boys, like the there was a bit of anxiousness when it first came back, and I think it's just generally, you know, like life life gets in the way for them, and they were losing a little bit of interest. But when they yeah, when they first started coming back, they were like, oh, is this you know, is this really what we want to do? Is is the season even going to happen? Like because it was still very tentative when they originally said, all right, you've got three weeks till the games. Um, that was just a like a very tentative date. So the boys are like, oh, well, if we're going to come back and then they're just going to can the season, like what's the point? Um, but got them pretty much all back there in the end bar a couple. So I think that just shows you how much they missed their footy and being around their mates and that club sort of environment. Yeah. And, what and about and for was... you, Amy? Oh, sorry, no. What about for you, oh. Amy, as a parent? Like... Uh... Do you have any trepidation, or was there any trepidation expressed from other junior parents about the about the risk of playing? Are you kidding me? I need to get those kids out and let them run around <laughs> and play. For me, that's what it was about. Yeah. And I, I think, like I mentioned before, it was really hard being up here. We were so removed with so limited mm. cases. You know, there was the risk was you know rel- well we felt relative personally relatively low. Yeah, um, and the. the like Jake said, the kids needed that outlet. Like when we look where we are located within, you know, on the map, you know, there's lots of kids out here in, in the rural area who gravitate towards our club. We're on, they're on five acres, you know. They they outdoors, they run around, they're doing stuff all the time. So to be to take that away from them is really hard. It, everyone needed to get back, and it was it was all an awesome night when we were back. Yeah, Amy, was cool. there a lot of pressure um, from I guess uh, the the politics of the things, particularly related to say rural Indigenous communities and as whether or not, you know, particularly junior footies and, you know, competition should have, you know, uh, go ahead uh, with, with fears of, of you know, uh, potential transmission to, to some of these more rural um, and in, in Indigenous groups who, you know, may have been more susceptible to the, the um, effects that COVID had. Look, it was definitely a concern, but the the distance between us and those communities is is so great. And a lot of the kids who come into Darwin, into boarding school, they they were all going back home and being with their families when they needed to be around that support group in their community. So I think, no, not really. No, there wasn't wasn't that going on locally, um, but they are removed from the from the clubs. And so, guys, what are, what about the journey of like uh, the I guess the committee and the and and all of your sponsors, right? So, one of the things that we've heard about in, in talking to you guys before we came on tonight is that the income of the club was reduced and the opportunities for sponsors was probably already naturally reduced. How has your sponsorship community kind of responded to that, and what have you guys done to help those guys out through this particular like tough year? Uh, I think I'll jump in there, Jake. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, our sponsors have been amazing. They they came on board late last year in the calendar year. We were super organised uh, this season, which was great. They We supported them. You know, we really spent some time building our um, exposure in the social media world, especially when everyone started becoming at home. And... 
I think it just increased more so that we supported their businesses and we encouraged our members to be a part of, of our sponsors' lives as well. You know, there was a huge thing going on in Darwin about, you know, rebuilding the small businesses and, and you could apply for, there was some grants available, a stimulus package, I think in excess of $60 million that the NT government was supporting the economy. So you could, you know, that went to homeowners to do renovations that, you know, if you got a quote for sort of around $8,000, they were giving you $6,000 towards these home renovations to keep all these local businesses going. So we created a page on our website. We created pages on our socials. We supported the businesses that supported us at the start of the season and encouraged our members to engage with them to help with this stimulus package and, and get those businesses back up the ground. And, and I can proudly say that all of our sponsors obtained work out of our members and they are still in business today. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what is is that – do you think that um, you guys will do stuff differently as a club because of COVID-19, Amy? Is, there, is, there, is this year being – Although it might not have gone ahead, has it been a learning year and one that you guys think you'll deliver a better kind of outcome next year for? Personally, for me, yes, a huge learning curve um, and the ability to adapt in a in a quick moving situation that you have absolutely no control over. Um, for our sponsors, I'm I'm they're already signing up for next season. You know the model we've that I, you know, came about with this year out of just pure luck, um, you know, not having done it before has, has been really well received. So I, I think we'll stick with that and, and they're, they're coming and, and they love the community. They get invited to every home game. They get newsletters every week and, and they're even sort of meeting up and creating business relationships between the sponsors themselves. They all have the, the same thing in mind with supporting the community. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with the same same model. What cool. sort of figures in terms of like ballpark does that sort of cost to, to, to run a club of 500 players from the juniors oh. to the seniors? Yeah, I think that's been huge, uh, huge for me to learn about the costs involved. And, you know, our, our members support us with family dinners, um, you know, buying our merchandise that we we create around our lifestyle. You know, we had fishing shirts designed and we sold them online because we couldn't be at the club. And I think, you know, the, the costs were looking at, you know, somewhere between, oh, God, I wouldn't even know. There's so much. They'd be yeah. three hundred, three hundred dollars a head, you know, to get them on the field and then get play players for fifteen weeks. Yeah, and it, and this is in obviously you mentioned to us beforehand that the juniors in your competition will travel and play a home and away season, but your seniors, Jake, so your team, mm-hmm. all play at that one ground within Darwin, right? So there's a significant cost reduction to the travel for your players, but at the same time, as Amy said earlier there's a significant reduction in the revenue that you can generate as a club, right? So so it would be I imagine it would also be costly to put senior teams on the park even though you're not playing a home and away season, right? Yeah, like obviously all those little all the little things sort of add up and that, but I think we used to in a 15 round, so pre pre-covid was a 15 round season and we used to get five home games a year and that had yeah. started on your Saturday morning with your under sixes and finished with your your A grade at, you know, eight, nine o'clock and that'd be a big, big show. And, you know, you could bank on, you know, 10 grand coming in mm. each one of those home games. And then this year, obviously dropped down to the 10 round season. And I think we only had two home games um, and cause, you know, you didn't have all the teams there and those sort of things. So you didn't get as much income as, as you could, but it obviously like costs, it's pretty massive when you've got, you know, two, two senior men's team and a senior women's team and, um, you know, you've got some players out there that get both ankles strapped, both um, shoulders strapped, get a sternum guard put in, and whatnot, and this. So all that, all those, all those little things kind of, kind of add Nug- up towards the end of the year. Yeah, Nugget gets both ankles strapped and both wrists strapped <laughs> just to go down for brekkie because it's- <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I think I'd need an own personal sponsor to come back. To I'd, look, I'd look like a mummy. But, He's uh, been keeping elastoplasty business. Yeah, for, for many years, I would suggest. So, guys, just before I move on to some of the actual footy that's coming up this weekend, because I want to talk about that, can I just ask you both separately, 
what did what what does it mean for you to be involved with this club and to see what you guys as a group have been able to produce this year in your thirtieth year compared to what you thought it might be like two weeks into that shutdown period? Jake, I'll get you to go first, mate. Um, I just I don't know anything different to not be involved with the club. Like like I said, I started playing when I was five. Um, I don't look a day over 31 at the moment. I think the only <laughs> I nearly the spat only, out. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only year I wasn't I wasn't at the club was when I was overseas traveling. Um, so I've done 20 26 years at the club. Like when I grew up, um, my dad was the president for five or six years. Mum was the secretary for that whole time. My brothers uh, my brothers played over a hundred hundred odd games. I've played over a hundred odd A grade games. Um, like I just, it's a massive. Like I, I love it. Um, it's just mm. what I live and breathe for. Um, I love rugby season. I love what our club's about. I love our community. Um, I just, I couldn't even tell you. I'd be mm. bored shitless if there was no, if there was no rugby this year. Yeah. Um, so when when it all got the go ahead, like it was, it's like Christmas, you know. Like I was getting ready for six months of absolutely nothing after putting so much in place over the last two years, just with the coaching and our plans and everything. And then to do a pre-season and get told, oh, no, nah, it's probably not, nothing going to happen this year. Like, that was mm. pretty devastating because, obviously, while you're, while you're successful as a club, it doesn't, it doesn't last that long. And when you're on top, it's, it's even harder to stay there. So that was a bit of a kick in the teeth. But when it all came around and they said, yep, you can, we're all good to go again, like, it was, it was relief. It was mm. relief, probably the biggest one, I'd say. Yeah, yeah cool. Jake, um, just... Pre the season being restarted, when mm-hmm. it was looking like there was uh, no season uh, looming, yep. as a teacher, um, what were some of the, the um, I guess, your biggest concerns for not so much, I, I guess, the financial side of the club, but, but what were your biggest concerns regarding uh, the guys you play with, your mates and, and some of those younger sort of teens? Coming up through the juniors, like you know, with was was did did the loss of footy potentially have some pretty large social ramifications? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, I I know the effects of like what exercise and community engagement and all that can you know do to your mental health and those sort of things. And I know that when when things went into that kind of isolation sort of thing, and and rugby got the can and gyms got the can as well. Um, it was really hard to keep that kind of what you're used to going and, you know, knocking around with the fellas for three hours every week and then your game, they're not getting that, they're not getting that, you know, um, social yeah. engagement. So we, we were trying to ramp things up big time, like on our social media page and get the boys training and then having competitions and keeping each other accountable. But yeah, I was really, I was really concerned because you can, you can see it doesn't take long to get that, that disengagement um, and that, that, you lose that connection that you have with blokes. So um, I, I, was, I was really being concerned. a teacher as well. You're you're on the front line, so you're kind of getting it from you know nine till three, and and then you've you've got the the forty side of things to to you know have your teammates in your club and sort of in your thoughts too, thinking oh you know mm. like I, I know what these teenagers are like of you know but like it's it's pretty well documented that uh, you know men you know uh, mm. are less likely to sort of want to just discuss. Problems and, and situations yep. like this is, you know, obviously can lead to to problems being exacerbated. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Amy, was that a similar experience for you? Were you like you spoke a little bit more about just the desperation of parents to get kids out. Were you worried about your boys and and losing that that outlet for them? Yes and no. Yes and no. I knew they still had that connection because they were we were still able to go to school. Um, yeah. I think it just provide it just posed other um, you know ways of communication and and you really learn the resilience of, of children um, and their ability to adapt but still needing that outlet and they they were geared up for a big season you know our preseason like Jake was saying and the and the seniors training you know we had just like on the hat I'm wearing tonight we had a new logo mm. design we had all this new apparel they'd been in they'd collected their playing kit, you know, their shorts, their socks, their training shirts. They were ready to go. Our, our jerseys had arrived. So that excitement and that build-up and then that that letdown, you know, you really had to work hard to to keep the kids engaged in, in, day-to-day, to be honest. 
Um, and then that confusion about not knowing. There was so many scenarios getting thrown in, thrown at us, and and just trying to trying to keep positive, I guess. I got to say, it's a pretty nice looking cap you're wearing there, Amy. Celebrating thirty yeah, I'll, years. Yeah, I'll so. uh, I'll send you one, hey. Yeah, about the. I don't know if I got one big enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should have warned bit. you. We should have warned you. Nugget's a bit of an apparel fiend. So, yeah, so you know, is it available online? Can we get some training? Yes, it is. And, you can, okay, beautiful. You can buy I'll these put, online. Yeah. Yeah. What's most important is we're coming into our warm season, which pales in comparison to your probably cool season. It's probably uh, your winter. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, but uh, singlets down here probably in uh, going to be in some some high demand. Jake, yeah, I don't uh, mean to put I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, mate, but Nugget did used to play for a local club down here called Central Charlestown, and he was a very <laughs> he was a very well known second rower slash front rower. Oh. He didn't he didn't pass very much, but he was pretty good on the chip and chase, mate. Do you think yeah. there's a spot in your in your squad next year for a bloke like that? Or? Oh, mate. The hey, props. hey, Jake, you might have run on with Carl Younger, hey? Oh, mate, he'd, he'd do win, Munda. Um, the prop, <laughs> mate, if, the props would love to have if you've got a strong chip and chase. They call it uh, they call it chocolate here. So if you hear one of the props shout out chocolate, that's, yeah. what's, that's what's coming. So <laughs> oh, He's got a fair bit of toe on him, I tell you. He doesn't have a great set of hands, but he's got some good toes. <laughs> have you had any um, celebrity or slash ex-NRL players uh, come through the, the Northern Territory scene and strap them on for the, for the Bears? Oh, we had one game there. We had that Ben, ben Rorty. Oh, yeah, played for the Melbourne yeah. Storm. Yeah, yeah. He came up because he, he had a tie with someone. Um, some somewhere, and he came up for a weekend of hunting and fishing and drinking, and in the middle of that, he played a game of rugby for us. <laughs> I think he was a few years retired. But geez, he still went all right. He was a tough bastard. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Joey Johns and uh, Marky Hughes and Danny Badiris and that used to come up here a fair bit. Um, while they were playing, they'd come up and get around like the junior presentation. So one of the old sponsors. Used to know them pretty well, so he'd bring them up on like the same thing and all expenses, you know, week long fishing trip. And their their only requirement was to turn up halfway capable of speaking at the junior presentation. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was always. No, you'd know thing. about that, wouldn't you, Macca? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we're, we're, we're fairly previous to the night's ha- night habits. Home turf team. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I can neither confirm nor deny that those blokes are idiots and they probably wouldn't have met that requirement. <laughs> So, nah, half their luck if they could get paid to go and do it, good on them. So, yeah. And where'd, but, where'd your team come this season so far, Macca? Yeah, let's talk about footy, but let's not talk about the Bulldogs thanks, Amy. We are not going to take <laughs> out the wooden... We're not going to take out the wooden... Yes, spoon, we but. are! <laughs> let's, no, let's no, 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 no. I just want to... What I want to do is let's talk about the A-grade Rugby League Grand Finals in Northern Territory, just for now, okay? <laughs> So Jake, We're actually rooting you, for the Brisbane Broncos to get the wooden spoon down here. That's, we we that's kind of like the Doggies to, to finish uh, second last. Yeah. You're a Broncos fan, Jake? Yeah, I don't tell many people. I think I like the Titans a bit better at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you poor bastard. It's been a long year for you in no, every facet of the, of, of the game. <laughs> so, so, mate, what do you – so this, this week, who do you line up against and what are your chances? Are you, you going to roll them or what are you going to do? Um, we're lining up against brothers. So like, you know, brothers are all around the country there. Um, yeah. Um, so we've got Darwin brothers. They've come from third um, and we came from second. So the top team, they were undefeated all year and then bowed out in um, straight sets. Who but are they? We're, uh, the, oh, Palmas- the, the Palmerston Raiders. Palmerston they're Raiders. Biggest, ah. They're our biggest rival as well. So that's how we beat in the grand final last oh. year. Oh, they're a pack of arseholes. Panthers, maybe. Palmerston Raiders are a pack of arseholes. I love that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we should. We can go with Faders. Yeah, the Palmy Faders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got nothing the Faders. Yeah, we should should be shaping up all right. Um, We beat Brothers both times we played them this year. I think we had them in, like, round eight or nine, our last home game of the year, and we... We had them 50, 56 to 14. Um, so they're, they're generally a bit of a smaller, quicker team and just like to throw the footy around and, you know, chip and chase and kick on the second and all of that. And we're probably a bit more of a, a structured, more disciplined sort of like to complete our sets and build pressure and kind of just go through the middle. We've got a pretty massive forward pack. Um, I think the lightest front rower in the gang's 107 out of the four and the biggest might be about 135. So. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Holy dude. <laughs> Does this guy live next door to that um, 
I think he's a frequent flyer. <laughs> you want to borrow a shirt, Macker? I'll send you one. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm actually just thinking about, like, is it still 14 days quarantine getting into the Northern Territory? Can you use someone on your bench there, mate? I'm probably 135 hey, kilos. I'd be dead if that bloke. He's a he's a big 20-year-old tw- too. He's he's a massive, oh. he's a massive human. Probably Jake, I've just got a question too. on, um, so the NRL this year yeah. implemented a couple of rule changes, particularly yep. with ruck infringements and the six again. Do you mm-hmm. guys, uh, are you guys implementing that in, in your sort of, uh, season, yeah, nah. So we're we're ref with the like traditional NRL sort of rules. They didn't bring any of those new ones in up here this year. Like we still play under like an unlimited interchange as well. Yeah. So we we haven't had too much change. Um, I bet the bloke is 135 yeah. kilos. Likes that rule. But yeah, you just, it's just short, sharp, seven-minute bursts. They reckon. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, that's effective. That sounds like me in most sports these days as well. But like, yeah. <laughs> no, but see, this bloke's effective. This bloke's what, effective. Just, just lately, or a while? <laughs> yeah, that actually that's been going the last 20 years. Actually, <laughs> is it tough um, to get volunteers to officiate? Such a like for, for referees and, and touch judges. We all, I mean, we know they, they they cop a fair bit in the professional ranks week to week. But um, you know, is there? I'd imagine it'd be a pretty tough gig for so, like a you know, an amateur sport with people volunteering their time to yeah. play and, and, and ref. Jake, yeah, just before you answer that, mate. Yeah. Sorry, just some background. We paid for Streety to go and do an NRL referees course because <laughs> every week he reckons he could do it better than those guys. <laughs> and let me tell you, he still hasn't turned up to the course. We paid for that, uh, and he hasn't turned up to go and do it. Oh, it was, hold on, hold on. Let's just give this some context. They cancelled it on New Year's Eve, which was a dumb thing anyway to have it on that date. You haven't rebooked me in it. <laughs> you would shit yourself if I booked you in it, you idiot. Yeah. So. And I, I, I stand by my comments that I do believe that I know the rules uh, sometimes more than, than the referees on the field because they're diabolical this year at best. Especially when the Sharks are playing. Yeah. No, 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 no. The refs have nothing to do with the Sharkies' terrible performance. That's just the Sharks being inept. Sorry, Jake. You can answer the question now, mate. Sorry. What about yeah. the referee situation up there, mate? Oh, I think I think they're all they're all paid. They've got like the NT referees association, um, or whatever they are. But they, you know, like any kind of, I guess, grassroots footy sort of comp, they do they do cop a bit of constructive. Um, criticism as they're going about their duties. Um, we're actually pretty lucky at the moment. We got a, an ex NRL ref. He's he's moved up here. Um, Shane that, Gav, that Gavin Morris. Oh yeah, yeah, the one that got in a bit of strife one year for I think touching up one of the other refs. Yeah, um, they, yeah. they had a bit of a bit of fisticuffs after a few beers. I think. Yeah, um, I wouldn't want to fight him. I did see him in the referees room the other week with his kid off, and he's oh, he's yeah. a bit of a shredded up lad. Oh, is he really? <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. he could take some constructive criticism off Streety if he's there this weekend. Just tell him that we've got a bloke who could tell him a few things about his job. <laughs> so, uh, so, oh, good Lord. Yeah. Jesus, I wouldn't probably take him on either. So, Amy, what about at the junior levels? The ref Is it difficult for the club to kind of get volunteers to do the officiating? Or you ever run the touch judge line yourself or what? Oh, I'm probably not the best person to ask. Oh, yeah, I, right. I, Yes. Are you are you I, on suspension? Are you? <laughs> hey, are you? Do you abuse the referees? Do you? No, never, never. I'm. I may be. Shut up, Kent. Um, <laughs> I I may cheer loudly. I may I may right. vogue may. I'm, Kent says I say bullshit now and again, but I I just think he's full of shit anyway. So yeah, I don't know who to believe. Who would you believe? Anyway, I've known your I, I've known your husband since I was about two years old, Amy, and I can tell you they've never heard a true word come out of his mouth. So I'm not going to go with you, okay? So, yeah. No, I I do love you know they they are paid you know in the juniors we've got a lot of our juniors coming through, particularly from the bear, bears that have done the courses, and what they're coming to, and they're they're doing a really good job. Um, yeah, some things don't go to plan or, or go our way, and you, and you you know, generally as parents, you get a bit disgusted. But yeah, I'll, I'll rein it in this weekend, hey. I've got two right. boys in grand finals. Um, and who are they playing, and what are their nervous. chances? They're not playing the Palmerston Faders, are they? Who are they playing? <laughs> 
So uh, our youngest boy, Jake, is in his first grand final. They actually came second on the ladder in the under-12s this season. Nice. Uh, so this is his second year in the under-12s. Um, so, yeah, they they rolled him on the, the first final and straight into grand final. That was an interesting week in our household because our our eldest son, Will, plays in the under-14s. They were minor premiers and unfortunately lost that first round. So having yeah, two Uh-oh. teenagers in the house and one was straight yeah. in and the minor premier was having to play for for their spot. And and then they, they played awesome on Friday night last week. Um, they came out and they wanted it that little bit little bit more and, and they got it and they, they came away with the win and they're playing this weekend. So, yeah, one's one's at 12.30 and, and one's at 1.30. So, not much. How are they going the name the club us. they're playing against? Yeah, who are they playing against? Uh, so, the under-12s are playing against Palmerston. Yeah, the, the faders. We hate the faders. That's on for the faders. Wankers. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've got a strong, a strong junior um, contingency as well. They have a lot of teams. Um, you know, they kind of match us in our numbers, taking the field each week. Um, but not in your personality because have... they're a pack of dickheads. Yeah. So one and two are playing in the grand final, which which is going to be yeah, nice. awesome. And then um, we've actually had with the under-14s, um, uh, the travelling team from Catherine, uh, oh, yeah. they came up and – and they won that first final for the under 14s and and they were straight into the final so we're we're so excited for Catherine they have uh, three teams in the competition this season so oh, all three are, are in i believe well, um you know they well, get they on the bus the every sad, they Catherine get on a bus Crocs. every Saturday morning they they come up a 3 hour 3 4 hour trip on a bus and play their games and then they head back that same night so we're we're Bruce, super yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. All three teams come up and their fab and their families. They're the Catherine Cowboys. Um, the so Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys. So is this going to be a huge weekend of rugby league in Darwin, right? It's a huge weekend. It starts. It starts Friday evening. So Friday evening right. we have the under 15s girls, under 17s girls, and then the Literal Bears under 18s playing at 8:15 on Friday night in the grand final. They they came straight through on that first semi. So we're excited. Nice. Um, are games this weekend able to be live streamed? Is there a, a streaming sort of um, event well, happening? I could probably FaceTime you if you if I if you want <laughs> yeah. it. Um, I'm yeah. not sure that NTNRL have got those capabilities, but I'll find out. The question has been asked. They they have been recording games on a Saturday night, whatever the A grade match is, and they've been playing it on a on a Sunday at one o'clock. So yeah, I don't know if there's got catch up for NITV, but I'll find out. Well, you know, right. if they need some commentary, yeah, Macca and I are happy to you know, travel up and. Um, <laughs> Jake, do you know? Jake, do you know anything about the game, the final this weekend? Uh, do you, have you they, heard if it's going to be on? I highly doubt they'll they'll live stream. Um, they don't really do that because um, they think that they might detract from the crowd numbers. But generally, the the A grade game, <laughs> they replay the match of the round at one o'clock on Sunday on NITV. Um, yeah. So I, I don't. I assume that the grand final they'll replay on the Sunday. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure, but they have for the last all this season they have actually. So and they had the semi-finals and the prelim final the last two Sundays. So I think they might have the grand final up there again. Jake, it'd be good to, hear, to for you to introduce the uh, the A grade squad from uh, one one through 17. Just want to uh, run through your team list and tell us um, each player's name and, and their their, um, their their abilities in, the, in that in their position. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, mate. You might be here a while, eh? Well, hold on a second. Have you picked the team yet, Jake? You can yeah, get out of it by saying yeah. selection selection hasn't yep. happened yet. The the Sheets team got finalised yes the the team got finalised yesterday. We had we had one fella trying to pass a fitness test um and he wasn't quite ready to go, so we finalised that one. And that a tough yesterday. conversation to have. Yeah, it was considering it's a it's a young fella that's played the last two flags. Um he pretty much got our most valuable player last year. He's only, Booby must only be 20, 21. Um, he's a local junior. Um, he's the best fullback in the comp. Like, he's an absolute jet. Um, he heard, did his MCL about five weeks ago, pretty much tore his MCL. was just hanging on. Um, and the physio was like, oh, I think you're done. And he's rested it for a month and then been pretty flat out the last, well, this week and then the last week trying to get it right. But I think he'll play, he'd play through the pain in his knee, no dramas, but he just doesn't have the... Just doesn't have the fitness in him to, and you can't hide him at fullback. So that was a pretty tough, tough conversation to have yesterday. But he 
he understood and he, you know, he knows whatever's best for the team has to happen. So, yeah, good. So instead of maybe going through the entire team, why don't you tell us a couple of people that if we do manage to catch the replay, we should look yeah. out for Jake. Who, um, yeah, who's a replacement fullback? The T runner. Um, look out for the T runner. <laughs> It's not your husband, is it, wearing that ball boy shirt again? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I won't let that um, happen. Our, our fullback is uh, Tyrone Jennings. He, he's one of our wingers and he went back to fullback when um, Bowie got injured. And, again, like he's he's a jet himself. He's probably been our best player um, for probably the last three games. He got players player in the semi final there. Like he's a pretty big rangy lad, good under the high ball, um, brings that ball back hard. You probably you won't miss... Clint out on the wing, big Clint Chetterley's. I think he's about 120 kilos of winger. He's a, he's a massive human. He must be about six foot four as well. Um, runs up on his tippy toes, so if he gets going, um, he's pretty quick. Um, our our five eight, uh, Matty Goodfella. He's been there the last few years, and he's like a, he's a two time Frank Johnson, like your Dally M sort of winner. He's won that two times in the last three years, as well as two premierships. He's our goal kicker, and he must hit him at probably 95. percent I reckon like wow. he's he's pretty good, um, and then you I think our big two props that start Adam Hall the Humpty Doo mullet as he's called he's got a big filthy ginger mullet. Humpty Doo mullet. We need a photo of this bloke. We need. I'll be able to send something through to you tomorrow. He's got he's got a modelling portfolio there ready to go. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. There's the there's the cover yeah. photo for this episode. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Cover photo yeah. For sure. it's, it's a Humpty Doo mullet. Oh the yeah. oh the T runner the T runners yeah. running a pretty uh, wild dirty mullet. Yeah. Who's the T yeah. runner? Jake, my Jake. Oh, is he? Has he got a mullet now? <laughs> oh, you wait. It's oh, uh, you know those. You've seen some curls come out of a Simpson household before. Oh, have I? What? He's Jesus, up. the old Coca-Cola <laughs> kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well, the mullet we'll macker is the haircut of 2020, so it's almost like you know who doesn't have one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I don't. I probably won't get one either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so we're looking forward to the weekend's games and it's been a great story from you guys. Before we go and wrap this up, let's talk about the actual NRL because I know Amy's dying to give me a bit of shit about the, the Bulldogs and I'd like to hear, Jake, whether you think <laughs> my Bulldogs can keep your Broncos off the bottom of the ladder this weekend. Oh, hang on. Why aren't we talking about Newcastle? Seriously, Maka. Like, come the Knights. On. The Knights? Yes. Who gives a shit about the, the Knights? Knights? Oh, no one cares exactly about the Knights. I thought you were going to say... Well, I, I do have a, I do have a receipt that you purchased a few jerseys. You know. Yeah, I do. I do. I do have some some jerseys. Do I? Oh, I probably haven't sent them to you yet. Have I? No, that they might not fit, fit now. They wouldn't fit your kids. I'll have to get new sizes of their. They got mullets to get through the head hole. I'll have to get some. No, I want to see your kids in them now. <laughs> yeah, right. They're not wearing night stuff. Jesus. So, Jake, are the are the, are the Broncos any chance of avoiding the wooden spoon, mate? It's been a tough year for you. Um, I'm not too confident, eh? Um, I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have much faith in them um, at the moment. They've, they've kind of let me down. They've been, they've been burning bridges pretty continuously with me this season. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not too confident in the Broncos getting off the bottom, actually. So you might In your eyes, Jake, what went wrong with the Broncos this year? Oh, I think, I don't know, I think... I think we jumped the gun in signing Anthony Seabold when we did. I'm not like – he obviously had that fantastic year there um, with South and then we kind of got him over and he wasn't too bad. And then I think this year was just a lot of a lot of that – you hear a lot, so much about that off-field culture and all that sort of stuff yeah. and there was dramas with the old boys and people on the board and that. And then I think I think we didn't get it right in the halves. Um, you know, we recruited Brody Croft who's not really a game manager. He's more of a bit of a runner and that sort of stuff. And the same as Milford. And I don't know if you can be that competitive team without that dominant game managing half. Like they're too similar. Um, they like to play off the cuff and run and that sort of stuff. So I think they've looked better with that young Tommy Dearden and that out there. Um, we had the dramas with the hookers. We Darius Boyd played four different positions this year. Like our spine has just been all over the place. And without that spine, locked in and, you know, keeping that consistency, it's pretty hard to, to get things going forward and go from there. As a coach yourself, um, and this is where I think it went sideways for Seabold, and I think that he lost the trust of his playing group. Yep. Um, and whether or not, not that was a personality thing, but mm -hmm. um, it was quite evident that uh, after winning their first two games, 
and the signs were there towards the end of last season after they got hammered in the semi by para. Yeah. Um, coaching yourself, you know, would you say that developing a culture is, is by far the most important uh, role that you have, more so than 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 you know than, than the statistical or yeah. analytical things that you can put in place as a coach? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Like you got to have that culture and everyone on the on the same page. Um, like your players, your staff, uh, everyone's got to feel, you know, they've got to feel wanted. They've got to have that that level of respect, but they've also got to know, you know, at the end of the day, who's the coach and that's the coach and kind of the buck stops with them as well. Like, um, yeah, you could see it. You could see it coming. Um, and once, you, once you don't have that trust and that faith and if they don't, if the boys don't want to turn up and play for themselves and play for you, well, no matter how good your, your game plan is, no matter how good you your strategies are, it's just, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. Can I just, um, so just to obviously make Amy a bit happy, let's talk about the Knights and let's talk about the NRL final series. So Nugget, I'm going to ask you a question, mate. Is there any point at all in the Knights turning up for the finals or should they just not bother? Yeah, no, there, there definitely is. I've changed my tune since last week. I think we're going all the <laughs> way. Um, uh we're going to get a home semi against the against the bunnies. We'll beat them. Oh, you'll be able to you'll be able to play that at Fortress Broadmeadow. Oh, that's goodness. right. We'll have a good. We'll have our five thousand there. It's all right. I think get, getting Bradman Best back is, is is a is a big is a big inclusion for you guys. And um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if if you managed to knock off the bunnies. I think you we don't will, know but, shit, Streety. Shit, but then no, yeah, that's that's about where the season ends after that. I've, but, I've, hey, I've heard a rumour right. the Bulldogs are going to give them a lift to the ground. They've got a bus available. He's just muted himself, himself by accident. <laughs> <laughs> we can't hear you, Maga. Awesome. Now I might have. What I, it doesn't matter what I said, but I said, yeah, probably fair enough. We we're not going to be doing much that weekend anyway. So. <laughs> I reckon you might be polishing boots and checking studs. Who's gonna Who's gonna win in in, in your eyes, Amy? Who's gonna take out the NRL Grand Final? Oh, oh, I'm tipping Roosters. Tipping the Roosters. What about you, Jake? Yeah. Who you got? I think. I think the storm they're just going to hit a bit of hit a bit of form, and you can't count them out. Come finals footies, I think it might be uh, Penrith will go close, but I just I just don't know. Um, they haven't lost, and I think they need a loss to kind of get them back in. I don't know. I just think Storm are going to come through with the goods over the final series. They're resting a few blokes this week as well, so I think they're going to yeah. hit the ground running. And is Cameron Smith going to come and play for the Broncos next year, mate? Look, we could do we could do worse. <laughs> come to Litchfield Bears. <laughs> we can we can offer him a couple of forex gold cans and a and a steak sanger after each training. <laughs> oh, careful, Nuggets just booked his flight. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm there. When, when's preseason? <laughs> Nug, you can turn up at round one, mate. We'll have yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> He's just giving you the whole preseason off, Nugget. It's like your dream. It's like your dream. Oh. So, Jack, oh, just you, mean, you just made an interesting, an interesting point about Penrith, um, sort of, you know, you believing that they need a loss. Um, yeah. Coaching a pretty successful team over the last couple of years. Um, is, that, is that sort of fact or fable? You know, do, do you think a loss is important in order to, to you know, a um, little bit of air out of the tyres? Or... Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes it's sad and sometimes you just need a bit of a reality check. Um, we did it last year in seniors. We went through undefeated 15 from 15 come the first semi bang we got done um and you know everyone was obviously pretty disappointed and it's big kick in the teeth come out the week later and put the third team away 50 to 6 um like i think sometimes you just need a bit of a reality check like you you don't think that you're getting kind of complacent or a bit cocky but it can it can creep in without without you knowing um so i'm a big believer sometimes you you gotta you gotta lose one to kind of to get yourself back on track but in saying that you watch Penrith go through undefeated now and win the flag. So, yeah, well, I'm kind of of the opposite. I actually think that Penrith, um, there, whilst you know, throughout the season, their experience is probably been, yeah, inexperienced rather mm. has been a bit of an advantage playing sort of you know, with no crowds and, and, mm-hmm. and no pressure. But, um, I wouldn't at all be surprised, like the uh, Palmerston Raiders, is uh, you know, if they end up going out in straight sets, mm. um, and you know, um, could could be looking at a at, at a you know a loss in week one and all, all the pressures on in week two from a team that's yeah. going to win in a six versus seven 
5-8 game. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you can almost have reverse momentum and then potentially the occasion can get the better of them. Yeah. Um, I'm kind so, of Strugi, towards... who do you think? So, who do you think is going to win the NRL Grand Final, mate? Well, at the start of the year, I tipped Parramatta um, and I was pretty confident going most of the way through. Their form has dropped off a little bit um, to the point where I actually, I'm not sure that they can get past week two. Mm. Um, and, you know, based on current form and and the rosters and so forth, I mean, I, I can't really see anyone beat, beating the Roosters. It'll take a bit of a disaster and some a few injuries. Uh, as for my club, the Sharks, I mean, we're, we're that bad that Raiders are arresting about 11 starters for this week. Um, and we'll probably still get beaten and then um, play them again the week after in Canberra and lose by about 60. So uh, <laughs> we can't do much without Sean Johnson. It's a shame he did his Achilles last weekend, but that was uh, an early death sentence for us. Hold on a sec. Weren't two weeks ago you were bagging the shit out of that bloke? Johnson? No. Mm. Chad, Chad Townsend? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nugget, what about you, mate? Are the Knights seriously going to – are they going to do anything at all or not? Two weeks, mate. We'll get two weeks out of them in the final. Two weeks. Jesus, yeah. you're optimistic. Yeah. Uh, you sounded t- positive. It was <laughs> like, a real, like... Like I said, get your finals T-shirts. They're on sale now. Get on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, no, hey, Macca, go get me you one. You wear those yeah, shirts once and then they, they're a car wash thing yeah. the, the, the next time. <laughs> Always happy to visit the night store over there at Broadmeadow. Or Lampton, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. What I'd about your doggies, Macca? Things are happening. They've told eight blokes that they're not wanted for next year. Fuck, we could have told 25 that they weren't wanted to given how good we've been going. So, oh, I don't know. Yeah, we're hopeless. So, Amy, are you a Knights fan? Is this why you're quizzing them, quizzing Macca on the Knights? Yeah, I, I love the Knights even more because Macca hates them so much. Nice. Yeah. It just it <laughs> makes my Got a few friends like that. so much better. <laughs> The only time I ever – I just hate living in this town is during footy season when I have to hear about the Knights every single day. Oh, it just drives well, me insane. I remember insane. that time you actually met me at the field and, and, you know, entertained the kids and everything. I think you even bought me a feed that night. Yeah, but didn't – weren't we watching the soccer or were we watching the Knights? I can't remember. So. <laughs> I came Macca, for the company, not the entertainment. I came for the company, not the entertainment. Macca, it was pretty so. good for you the last couple of years. There was three consecutive years yeah. where, they, where the Knights got the wooden spoon. So that, so that was like – Living high, that was that was, that was easily great. my favourite three years in Newcastle. <laughs> for a non night supporter, it, it, it was. We couldn't it was contact a, us. We were overseas. Yeah, that's right. To be alive. Yeah. These guys the lived. They li- they went and lived in like Thailand and Japan, I think, to escape all that. So it was fair <laughs> enough. Well, thanks so much for coming and talk to us, guys. We don't want to hold you up any longer, and we really appreciate your story. We are now tried and true Litchfield Bears fans, right, boys? Yep. Gay the yep. bears. Let's yep. get yep. some of that merch down so we can rock it in the summer. Yeah. Oh. So. Look, oh, Macker, I'll send you a long sleeve fishing shirt to protect your uh, protect your skin, <laughs> eh? That's that's a good idea. It needs to come with one of those um, like hats with the flaps on the back because I've just got a very <laughs> sensitive neck. So, well, so I'm sure one of our mates would appreciate fishing. the uh, one of our buddies would appreciate a fishing shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah, Brody. Yeah, yeah. He, so, he just caught a 175k look. tiger shark. Uh, last weekend, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. Did he? Yeah, 176 yeah. kilo tiger shark, I think he reeled Yeah, in. on his birthday. Oh, yep. On his birthday. Is it on a, on a drum line? I don't uh, think he was playing music while he did it. I'm not so sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what a drum line is, Simo. So I, I, I think he more so caught it with a fishing rod. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Generally how so it's what, done. The way he tells it, it was with his bare hands, but I'm going to be sceptical about that. So. Hey, uh, just a question, guys. Uh, the, the, the situation with the crocs up there, just locally around Darwin, like, you know, do they just come out of the drains and you've got, you got to be careful? You're like an American asking us if we ride kangaroos to school, you idiot. No, anyway, well, there was that video of that bloke up. Did, did you not see that video of that fella up there in the NT and he's hauling along in his, in his boat and this... This uh, this huge crocs just like keeping up with him and just, just yeah. But video? I've also seen a video on the internet of two girls crapping into a teacup, mate. But I don't ask people about it. So. Well, what are you watching stuff like that for? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, right. No, but really, how how is the situation? Jake, do you want to take that one over? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's there's a few crocodiles here and there. Generally, just uh in the water and stuff. 
Um, <laughs> but they're not they're not all over the place. Like you just there's a few places I definitely wouldn't be you getting need out your of the. Spoon pool for a couple of nights. <laughs> <laughs> so if you couldn't hear that. Swimming. It would have yeah. been swimming in some spots, um, but yeah, as long as you as long as you're pretty safe and you're looking after yourself, you're not going to be in too much drama of a, of a croc sneaking up behind you and just just putting in a death roll or anything like that. But the drop bears <laughs> will get you. They'll definitely yeah. get you. <laughs> See, you guys need to have a 14 day quarantine even without COVID just to basically <laughs> prepare you for the dangers of the NT. Nugget, before you jumped in, I, I when we were getting prepped for the intros, I asked for Jake's surname and um, Jake Barnes. And, uh, <laughs> and then he and, and then Jake said, yeah, the bloodline, yeah. the bloodline, mate. Just think about that, working class yeah. man." So Streety actually asked Jake whether whether you know Jimmy Barnes was a relation. Jake, what did you no, say? No, no, no. I, I said you get Jimmy a lot. I said, yeah, straight up. Um, he's my uncle. Like him and dad are brothers. So cop it a fair bit actually and you turn around and say, Well actually it's true, like it's, it's not that funny actually. So <laughs> Streety fell in hook line and sinker, mate. Like it was I think it was a drum line you caught him on there, Jake. I think no, no. Sure. it was a big you drum. Got me, you got me in a croc death roll for sure. You got you had me on that one. I'll pay that. <laughs> Very good. Well, good luck on the weekend to the A grade and all of the teams, the Litchfield Bears guys. Um and again, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story with Sports and Spit. Thank you. Yeah, Check thank out you our and... socials to uh, keep an update of the weekend's games. Yeah, where yeah, can we'll... we find you on, on, on the socials? Uh, you'll find us at Litchfield Bears on all channels. I will yeah. like and follow. Yeah, Instagram yeah. and Facebook <laughs> should be should be going hard this weekend. So all right, we'll, be, we'll be tuning in. Well, go, go the Mighty Bears, the red, black and white. Thank you. Good Cheers. luck, Thanks guys. Thanks for having us. You looking forward Cheers. to lifting the trophy or drinking more afterwards? Uh, a bit of column A and a bit of column B. <laughs> <laughs> right answer. Yeah. All, right, All right. See you guys. Adios. Thank you. All right. Catch you. Thanks, guys. See ya.